0: The Spinning Audio Podcast, a show dedicated to the music that provided the soundtrack to our lives. Each episode, we focus on a single album. We discuss its history and how it relates to our own. Welcome to the Spinning Audio Podcast. I'm Clint. I'm your Hi-Fi Tour Guide. And I'm here with my friend Greg. We're talking about the album by Beck, Midnight Vultures. It was released in November 1999. It was produced by Beck and the Dust Brothers. When I see the Dust Brothers on the label, I know what I'm in for. A stew of sights and sounds. Somehow they reel it all
1: in and make it funky. Hey, Greg. Welcome. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm great. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Greg. Well, uh, I was born and raised in Arlington, Texas. It's the home of the Texas Rangers, now the Dallas Cowboys. Wet and wild, Six Flags, and a pretty incredible place. So clearly I got the hell out of there as soon as I could. Now I'm here in uh, Austin, Texas. Been here for about uh, 16, 17 years and love it down here. It's great. So you're a musician, correct? I am, yeah. I'm a drummer. Uh, I've been playing since... uh, I guess I got my first drum kit, I believe, whenever I was 13, 12 or twelve years old, I think, yeah. Still actively drumming. Um. Acoustic or electric? Uh, I know that you do a lot of electronic music, so. Mm-hmm, yeah, uh, basically, I mean, i based with uh, acoustic drumming, but uh was in a uh, band. It was a uh, LCD Sound System tribute band called All My Friends for mm-hmm. a few years, and uh, that was back in 2009. 10 11 12 and I did auxiliary per- auxiliary percussion in that band and yeah there was a lot of uh, drum pads and stuff, electronic drum pads Roland drum cool. pads and yeah lots of uh, it was a really 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 fun time I'm sure as you can imagine if you're uh, if you're familiar with the good old LCD
0: well I you have
1: massive arms so I assume it's from that thanks man I appreciate it
0: lots of drumming yeah do you have any current projects that you want to talk about
1: yeah man I got a, my buddy Craig Livingston that lives out in Santa Cruz. He and I, uh, we have a uh, DJ duo uh, that we've uh, been working on called uh, French Lovers. Yeah, we just released our first mix about uh, two weeks ago and got a, some really good feedback off that, and we plan on uh, keeping the train going, so yeah. French Lovers. How do they How do they get to hear it? Is it on Spotify? <sighs> it's, uh, yeah, there's outlets. um I kind of don't want to say on the podcast because uh, I don't want to get taken down. We've already been taken down by Spotify. Oh, okay. Um, Got it. Generally, whenever you're doing these uh, mixing other people's music and putting your own twist on it, uh, there's algorithms in, um, in the software that's set up to basically they have bots that can find. I act like I know what I'm talking about. I really don't. But they have... Robots. Robots. That Robots. can detect, yes. <laughs> AI. This, uh, pre-recorded music and that's, uh, copyrighted. So, uh, by no means are we trying to, you know, collect money on that or anything. It's just literally, uh, you know, mixing music that we love, uh, uh I'm trying to put it out there, uh, in podcast format and, um. We uh, may or may not be on the biggest podcast platform, so um, you can check us out there. You can also go to uh, theFrenchLovers.com oh, and uh, find <clears throat> all of our good stuff there. And we're at uh, on Instagram, uh, which is at French Lovers, but you got two F's on the front and two S's on the back. So yeah, oh, cool. Well, we're talking uh, about one of your favorite albums, Beck, Midnight Vultures.
0: Yes. Would you like to maybe tell us about your relationship with the record?
1: Well, I guess I'd take it back to actually just my relationship and and finding out, you know, who in the hell this Beck guy is. And uh, I (laughs) know my earliest memory of listening to Beck was, again, you know, I grew up in Arlington, uh, and that's the DFW area for anyone that's not familiar with it. Uh, And up there, there was a big radio station called 94.5 The Edge. That was kind of the first. Then I remember, I'm pretty sure, the first, or at least the most predominant, alternative radio rock station in the DFW area. And I just remember always, I had this little uh, like CD alarm clock, and I would always set it to wake me up, and it would be the Edge would come on and wake me up. And I swear, if they did not play Beck's Loser every morning at the same time that I got up, I just woke up to Loser like every morning, and uh, uh, I would have been 13 years old because that was 94. So it was just, I mean, I just woke up with it just constantly in my brain, walk around with it all day. And, uh, yeah, so that was definitely my first kind of introduction to Beck. And, uh, after that, you know, the rest is history, man. I mean, I just, I got on the Beck train and you know, I never looked back. That's just, I love his, his music. It's, it's just, I mean, yeah, there's so much to it, but, uh, as far as Midnight Vultures goes, um, <clears throat> believe that came out in 99 if i'm not mistaken november 23rd 1999 99, okay. yes. oh, so just a week after my birthday 99 so i was uh okay. i was 19 and uh delivering pizza for papa john's in arlington and i would just list i wore that album out um it just left and right, I would just constantly listen to it while driving around delivering pizzas um, at my at my apartment, my first apartment that I had, my buddy Doug from high school. And yeah, man, it was just everything. I I love that album. It's definitely in my top 100, if not even closer to possibly like top 50. Yeah, it's
0: one of my favorite Beck albums, and I guess my relationship with Beck Hansen started around 94, whenever I heard Loser and mm-hmm. Mellow Gold. Mm-hmm. Beer Cam was always my favorite track on there. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I got Odelay whenever it came out as well. I -hmm. really enjoyed that album and just played the crap out of it. So yeah, Thurston Moore was interviewing him on MTV. And Beck had this little recorder that he kept trying to answer Thurston Moore's questions, which were really thoughtful. And unfortunately, Beck wasn't taking the entire situation very seriously. And I think it was kind of getting on his nerves. But Mm -hmm. he started out as this, this guy who was trying to be weird and off-kilter on purpose, and it was painfully obvious. But I guess hearing that first album, there was no way that you could fathom he would evolve and continue to evolve. Modalay was a much more refined version of Mellow Gold, put out Mutations, which is one of those albums that I've just played Nonstop, which is one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. He put that out in 98, after putting out Odellay in 96, and then he put out Midnight Vultures in 1999, mm-hmm. which seemed like a Prince tribute album, basically, to me. <laughs> it was really funky and crazy and goofy. Kind of blew me away. I uh, It was in heavy rotation for me when I s- started cooking in a kitchen. Now I'm a, I am was a restaurant lifer. Mm-hmm. Up until that point, you know, I, that was basically the only industry I'd worked in been doing front of the house. So I was a server. I was a manager. I just dealt with front of the house operations. And then I decided that I wanted to cook and be a chef. And so I lied my way into my first kitchen, (laughs) said that I knew what I was doing. And I held a knife and they immediately were like, that dude doesn't know what's going on. He's going to take off a finger. So let's (laughs) stick him in the bakery. And so, you know, I'm waking up at five o'clock in the morning which isn't really conducive to a lifestyle of a (laughs) 24-year-old. And, um, you know, we'd get to work around 6 Mm a.m., a couple of shots of espresso, and me and the bakers would, you know, we'd all switch off on the CD player. And one of the ones that we were listening to constantly was uh, Midnight Vultures. I mean, it's a great soundtrack. It's energetic, and Mm -hmm. it's really just perfect for trying to get some tasks accomplished, and being able to kind of shake your hips while you're doing it too. So it was, oh, yeah. it was a great soundtrack. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're gonna dive into the record. We're gonna talk about the first track. Let's uh let's listen to a little snippet from that. Uh, the first track is Sex Laws. Wrist, I'll
1: let you be my chaperone.
0: better get your asses up out of your seats uh i remember that was kind of what would happen when you know i was in the kitchen i was baking i was cranking pasta or or baking bread or Mm -hmm. or whatever um (laughs) but we would when the pastry chef throw on that album it was like all right y'all we're a little bit behind it's time to get Uh up and go right and so i just recall you know sex laws comes on and then boom we're it's time to crank it out yeah and pick up the tempo
1: so what what's your association with the song what do you man yeah, man i mean i'm right there with you i mean way to way to just open those gates and come out <laughs> full draw i mean it's just unbelievable uh, opening the yeah. floodgates of funk <laughs> yeah uh yeah man i mean holy shit would just come out with a banger like that uh which i believe was actually the the main hit off of the album i oh, was if I'm not mistaken nice was, yeah and all over mtv and stuff uh his TRL hit, if you will. But, uh, yeah. Um, Carson. Yeah. Just unbelievable. Uh, My God. You talk about a mixture of, uh, you got a slide guitar in there. You have a banjo. Um, and, uh, that banjo will show up more on this, on this record as well. But, uh, uh, the horns, my God, you know, um, his dancing comes to mind, you know. Yeah, back, he was doing the splits Jackson. on this tour, wasn't he? Oh yeah, dude. He? Like, oh, yeah man. straight James Brown. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Yeah, uh, Prince-esque. Of course, nobody oh, for sure. Nobody's Prince, but uh, right. yeah, <laughs> But uh, make that clear. But uh, man, I tell you, just I mean, just what a again, just way to come out with a freaking banger. I mean, it's just unbelievable. That that song was so dancey i i know i definitely wore that track out just i mean uh, and it, it being the first uh, first track on the album you know of course it's like boom yeah sure i'll listen to that again uh, but yeah <laughs> just just an incredible very catchy tune uh dancey makes you want to get up and just have a great time you know a great party song uh just incredible overall track just unbelievable yeah yeah that's certainly something
0: beck does but uh, the next track is Nicotine and Gravy Which is one oh, of yeah. the ones One of my favorites yeah. And um, we're going to get that a listen right now And we'll be back in a moment cool.
1: right that was nicotine and gravy yeah man it sure was dude yeah uh what a incredible track uh it's it's just uh you know that i i could see a lot of people that if they weren't familiar with Beck, um uh, what's at this point who who isn't who isn't living in a fucking hole man <laughs> <laughs> but again you know it, it, it comes back to you know uh it's i guess what what i've always done is i i've I've always had this thing, Clint, is that uh like I've always kind of compared Beck a little bit to Ween. Yeah. Absolutely. But I mean like it's not uh it's not that they're you know, that they sound similar or anything like that. It's just that it's just the fact that, you know, Beck has this humor in his lyrics and it's hilarious but and so does Ween, but at the same time, you know, uh, the musicianship, the creativity, uh, the production value—it's just—it's uh, incredible. You know how how they can make all that work, uh, and uh, and still make it—you know—such uh, an incredible uh, track and an album. Just kind of put the the full package together. You know, it's always pretty pretty much been mind blowing to me. So, I agree, and I think that the reason that I re-
0: respect Ween and Beck, and I do agree with your
1: your comparison. Strange, strange comparison, analogy. (laughs) It's not strange at all
0: because they're very similar in the sense that they're incredibly gifted musicians that don't take themselves too seriously. But whenever they do decide to put their, you know, put their, uh, put their nose to the grindstone, they actually can produce something beautiful. It's like, you know, chocolate and cheese Mm -hmm. has freedom of 76, but it also has um, Baby Bitch, which is a gorgeous song and it sounds like Elliot Smith. Yeah. The same can be said with Beck. You know, he has um, he has nicotine and gravy and it's absolutely, you know, goofy and, you know, then you, you go into... I mean, know. her
1: nicotine and gravy, her left eye is lazy, I think I'm yeah going crazy. She looks so Israeli, <laughs> yeah.
0: nicotine and gravy. I mean, Absolutely, yeah. how can you not I, argue with those lyrics? So, That's I profound. Mean, I could
1: see anybody being like, well, I could pull those lyrics out of my ass, all the guy's doing is rhyming, but at the same time, uh, you know, um, to, to make that an art, and to make it work, and again, it kind of comes back to the Dust Brothers, you know, and look at Hey Ladies with the Beastie Boys Paul's Boutique, like we brought up, you brought up earlier, and um, Q P song but dude i mean unbelievable tracks that uh that are i mean they they just i mean they live in history i mean these tracks are incredible Absolutely. I mean, and, yeah.
0: and they're kind of a new <clears throat> i i think that dust brothers they produce this album like we said before right. and you know they just have this sonic palette that's just so diverse you know they'll use something from a you know from a from a sit some some You know, Indian record where you know there's sitar, and then they'll use something from a loop, you know, a flute, you know, with a loop in it, and they'll
1: they'll loop that. Or and at the end of this track, you've got all those uh, worldly sounds, um, you know, that he mixes in, and he just, it just seems like he could, like, just easily just put that in wherever the hell he wanted to on the first half of this track, and I. I think that's that's just mind-blowing to me. Perhaps I've gotten my point across, but it it's really hard to uh this is a hard one to uh dissect and it's uh I think that's that's you know a a good reason why it's also um like I said like in my top 100 or possibly top 50, I just this album is incredible and we're only on song 2.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know and the Dust Brothers kind of bring a lot to the table and I feel like that Beck's skill set is very similar um, to other artists that have to work with him, he they have to have someone who's flexible and very malleable because they they bring a lot to the table. There's a whole lot of like like I said, sonic palette. It's just so you know it's technicolor. There's just so many different layers to it. There's so many different things that they're doing, and it's very busy. And if it's if you're not with the right if they're not paired with the right artist, it's sensory overload. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So the next track is mixed business b-i-z next. Business, man, and I gotta tell you, nothing makes all the lesbians scream like this song, which is probably my favorite line from it.
1: What about you? Hilarious, man. Again, hilarious with the vocals, and uh, yeah, it's just this. I think this song was actually, uh, it's your favorite track, I think yeah, so, yeah, man. Nice. I mean, overall, yeah, uh, I mean, you got Deborah, we'll get that later, but yeah, I mean, uh, but yeah, dude, mixed business is, dude, holy, sh- I mean, it's you've got funk you've got it all you've got the you know the james brown type uh breakdowns uh you've got again with the you know just all those elements uh, it's just unreal i mean it's like you've got this hodgepodge and it's like here you go put all that together good luck to you and somehow (laughs) somehow they managed to do it and it's uh you know i'm again i'm gonna feel like a broken record saying this over and over again because um you know until we get later on into into the uh into the album um it's just, uh, you got this hodgepodge that first half. And, uh, um, yeah, it's just, I mean, the track is incredible and it's, it's, it gets everybody up and dancing. Again, it's a party track. Mm-hmm. Like, they're sex all bangers laws. at the beginning yeah. of the album. Sex laws, mixed business, very much go hand in hand, very much, uh, um, same realm, same, you know, party vibe, uh, hanging out with friends, drinking beers, you know, just, just a great one to put on, you know, at, uh, great track to put on at any any sort of gathering uh, where people like to have fun. That's certainly an important That's thing, the whole album, know. though. You wouldn't to know, me, necessarily you know. put it on at a funeral. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but this is
0: on my funeral playlist. <laughs> okay. Hey, dude. So what's up? Uh, okay. I'm down. Real quick. Yeah, I got you. Buddy. Top five. What's in your favorite? What, at, at they're playing a five-track playlist on a permanent loop. So that means that the songs has got to have a little bit of weight to it. They have to be able to, you know, consumption level has to be able to be high. What five tracks are on your funeral playlist? You're really going
1: to put me on the spot like Hell that? Hell yeah, let's uh, do this.
0: This is, this is what this shit's all about, homie.
1: That's cool, dude. Well, I tell you what, um, I would probably just go with Oh Fortuna, uh, Fortuna, how do you say that? Um, you know, the, the Carl Orff, um, uh, it's, uh. <laughs> I want. I want it to be very dramatic. You mean the Carmen Berrana? Huh? The Carmen Burana? Carl uh, Orff. Uh, but yeah, um, you were close. Uh, yeah, I just uh, No, nah, dude. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna delve into that right now. Put it in your on, show man. clips. I, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Uh, as far one as song,
0: one song that has
1: to be played at your funeral funeral
0: i'm sorry for five is a lot i'm i apologize and maybe that i'm being catholic and i'm constantly contemplating no, my cool. mortality uh, then
1: it would be michael mcdonald what a fool believes don't laugh. Wow. wow I, I, in fact no I, sorry, I i said michael mcdonald he's the star uh actually it's that, a It's actually a doobie yep, song yeah yep. exactly no. uh but uh yeah dude uh, whenever he took over and uh started doing lead with the doobies after Homeboy oh uh, died. Yeah, um. <laughs> mine.
0: Definitely one of the ones on my my funeral playlist would be. And by the way, the format's not rigid here. We can just ta- we're talking about music, dude. It's this whole thing is about the love of music. I'm beginning to see light. The see of the Light by Velvet Underground for sure. Maybe Ultraviolet by U Two off of octoon Baby. What about Blinded by the Light? Yeah. Maybe, yeah. I mean, wh- but which version? The original Bruce Springsteen or no. the Manfred Man? Man, man. Yeah. yeah. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah, dude. No, that's good. That's <laughs> 70's good.
1: 70s Coke Party version. <laughs> yeah. Come on, yeah. baby, light my fire. <laughs> that's a good one. And a Fifth Funeral track.
0: <clears throat> man, Maybe. I had to...
1: What about Gary Glitter, Rock and Roll Part 2? No, he's a he's a diddler. I can't do that. Oh, did he? Oh, sorry. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Well, yeah. it, hey maybe,
0: maybe yeah, yeah the next song is Get Real Paid let's play it real quick and then we'll uh, we'll talk about it that sounds
1: fantastic there's so much to do That was get real paid. Get real paid. Hell yeah! I just see a lot of uh, a lot of craftwork influence. Ah, uh, that sounds very good. Kind of, kind of like the robots a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, not a little bit, actually, quite a lot. Uh, it's where It's like sure. if the if like craftwork tried to do uh, a hip hop album. <laughs> Pretty much, that's how I how I see that track. I love that track so much. Um, it's just such a badass little ditty. Uh, to throw in there And uh,
0: He yeah. also really likes robots too Right Cause I, I remember from uh Where it's at I got two turntables And a microphone mm-hmm. And he did the like The robot thing He did indeed. In the middle of that Like yeah. he, he liked A lot of the weird Like 80's electro funk kind of flourishes right. yeah yeah you know yeah. which honestly nobody was doing at the time everybody was doing everything yeah. you know on the opposite side of the spectrum it was 808 and 909 <laughs> know, <just laughs> all over yeah. the place it's like him and the BC boys <laughs> yeah it really is what are you gonna do you yeah. know
1: yeah but uh, yeah man uh, Killer track. the next one is Hollywood Freaks, Freaks. Yeah. let's do that <laughs>
0: cow something tell me you want to go home. Champagne bottles, custom clothes you own. Calling up from special area codes. Hollywood knows with the Hollywood phones. I got nothing to do, nowhere to go. i tell you what you want if you want to know.
1: Satin sheets, tropical oils, turn up the heat to the Hollywood oils, freaks. That, we'll it in wow. papers, all those that is a delicious jam. Team. Is mm, wow yeah beck's uh rapping white boy wrapped yeah <laughs> it's so great man it's, again with the lyrics and the rhymes man it's uh yeah he uh clearly worked very hard at those rhymes um, oh yeah no doubt about it it's just yeah uh it's fantastic again a laugh track uh i don't see how he can record it without breaking or cracking it a smile or a laugh. Um, yeah, definitely up there as far as... Uh, every time I hear that song, dude, I just I crack up laughing so hard.
0: Yeah, I think... I And think shout the,
1: out to the 808s as well. Oh, for that. sure. <laughs> yeah, right. banging like an 808.
0: <laughs> yeah, it Hollywood Freaks. And I think it's kind of just... A, it's kind of... It's blurting out... Just a bunch of random things that you associate with L.A. It's like Mm -hmm. champagne and ripple, shamans go cripple, my sales go triple, we (laughs) drop lobotomy beats, evaporated meats on high-tech streets, we go solo, dance floors and talk shows, hot dogs, no-dos, hot sex and back rows. I mean, there's so much in here. There's just so
1: much to unpack. And once it goes into (laughs) that chorus and kind of changes, Mm -hmm. you hear that kind of old-school... Uh, or what we're kind of used to—the uh, original Beck sound, if you will, from prior albums. You know, yeah. Uh, um, Some hand claps. Yeah, yeah, and just kind of not slowing it down and hearing Beck in his in his normal—I guess i hate to call it normal—but his the usual state that we're used to hearing him in. Because this album, I feel like was such a stretch for uh, sure as far as him. Like, really, just being like, I'm just going to do this and <laughs> see what happens, basically. Because it's like, I mean, the whole album, literally, dude, is like a, I don't it's like a tornado of, you know, horns and R&B and soul and, my God, 808s, 909s, you name it. Uh, if, if, if a drum machine or drum pads have ever been made, they're in this album, <laughs> you know? and Yeah, um, I and I think what's was so crazy. Yeah. And that is
0: that this entire album is this little gift with all these layers and textures and sonic like overload and it's all wrapped up and packed into this box Mm -hmm. and it's a gift and it's dedicated to Angela Lansbury. Apparently Beck is a huge Murder, She Wrote fan, (laughs) which is crazy.
1: Never heard this, but I did uh, <laughs> I did know Angela Lansbury was really into eight oh eight tonight. She likes to drop that. She beer. does. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Or did. Is she still with us there? I think she is. Okay. Yeah, Good. I think she's nine thousand years old. Love you, Angela. All right, Pete
0: baby, if you're if you're not here. If not, keep on trucking, baby. I call her Aberry. A Berry. A. Berry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, peaches and cream. Let's do it. good and I gotta admit you know we've been going through the album there's been a couple that I haven't been as enthusiastic about as other ones all of it has just been this beautiful golden road to our final destination the untitled track <laughs> was this track 14 but track 13
1: Deborah yeah dude but real quick, I do want to touch on um, on pressure zone, and that's we're hearing. Uh, you know, good. You know, a lot of people think the uh, the made up term alternative rock, whatever. I keep using that because at the time, whenever I was, uh, you know, if you want to go back to the beginning of the podcast, that's. I mean, this is when I mean, not right now in '99, but in '94, uh, we're back entered the scene he's like the king of alternative rock right i mean like that's i mean that's his label basically is is just um the alternative rock king and then uh, this is we're hitting some of those natural sounds it's just a rock and roll track it's fantastic and i love hearing that it's an interesting placement really uh for me for him to put this uh at the end but again like we discussed before you know the second half of this album we're hearing a lot more of what we've heard Uh those those the Beck that we that we've been accustomed to hearing, you know. Uh and those uh those tendencies uh and sounds of of Beck so how's that going? Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: I I'll refrain from like remarking (laughs) about your king of alternative rock thing, but uh
1: Yeah, Uh, if you don't agree then just please don't say anything. Um (laughs) But yeah, man. Wow. Um, This is like
0: being married.
1: (laughs) And by the way, man, congrats on the new studio and the new podcast. It's awesome. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. We're here in... uh, I feel like I'm on the Joe Rogan podcast right now. I know. Studio A. Pretty incredible. In uh, Maison de Bertrand
0: Studios, which is really... (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Electric clint land. New house. Um, I dig
1: the house. I dig the new dig. Man, yeah.
0: You're doing it right. Appreciate man. it. So. I mean, music production and being a media mogul has really paid off for me. <laughs> I'm feeling really
1: good about it. I, I expect to be a guest uh, many more times. So of far. course. Of course. What are we doing, dude? What's next? What do you got for me?
0: Well, like I said, man, this is... Is it Deborah? It's time for Deborah. Wow.
1: Okay. Which cheers before we? Cheers to Deborah.
0: Which is probably one of the Mm -hmm. the most popular track on the album. We're gonna give Deborah a listen, and we will be right back.
1: I mentioned Hyundai earlier. What? Well. He actually he says, Hyundai twice. In the he so the I mean, like the you know, it's it's a nice
0: reference. It's not exactly a Kia reference.
1: <laughs> I just like that he chose. Maybe not your fanciest car, um, which Hyundai at at the like that time in its history
0: was a major shit piece of a car. So it's yeah. it's beautiful. Yeah. That's oh, great. It's
1: yeah, yeah. a great reference. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Wow. Uh. All the fuels.
0: All the fuels for sure. It's great. It, it's it's clearly an homage to Prince or maybe David Bowie. I don't know. You know. I feel some a little bit of Bowie in there
1: for me. I may or may not have had um really special encounters with um a lady or two. With this a lady, <laughs> a lady or two. It's mm. uh, a killer song, man. It's it's a uh, it's a love song, um, and he's also interested in his, her sister.
0: Yeah, Which, I believe her name is Deborah. Fascinating. Maybe. <laughs> I think her name is Deborah. Yeah. Um.
1: <clears throat> so yeah, a bit of a love triangle, if you will. Oh, lovely. <laughs> um, it's.
0: To me, so after this is an, uh, the untitled track, and I feel like it's Deborah is basically the closer for me. Untitled track is a lot of like noise and weirdness and stuff like that, but Deborah for me closes out strong. Yeah, for sure. Do, what are your thoughts? Do I, you feel have like, else, I feel else like I feel like add about Deborah? This is
1: definitely I agree with you. This is the closeout, the outro this is the closeout track, um, and then. It's basically just showing off all of the instrumentation that they used in Untitled Track just to be like, hell yeah, we did this whole thing with all of these tools and all of these instruments, and that's kind of what Untitled Track is for me. But but Deborah, man, I mean, dude, I mean, it's pretty much like the top track on the album as far as, I don't know, just it kind of, it's a really nice, like, packaging of the entire album it's like here you go like we're just gonna wrap this puppy up and, yeah here's the bow Yeah, signed, sealed delivered it's, glittery, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like a love letter to the entire album kind of. absolutely yeah. yeah but uh yeah holy shit man just an amazing amazing track amazing album and uh yeah it's it has a
0: special place in my heart it was a soundtrack for me personally to you know, like ninety nine, two thousand, starting to cook. I had a huge crush on Ibise, this girl that she was a a fellow baker. She was the lead baker, and um, she was really awesome. And this this kind of here and some Sam Cook is kind of mixed in there because she was know, really yeah. into soul music. Yeah. So her and Alice still a lot of Sam Cook together. Nice. But this was the soundtrack for just grinding it out in the fucking kitchen, man. Making focaccia, cutting some pasta, stuffing pansotti. If that's you know, how you want to put it, yeah, grinding it out. Yeah, uh, um, no, but... not myself on anyone uh, mm-hmm. other than the pasta machine or the Hobart mixer. But yes, for sure, just the soundtrack to to just knocking out a huge prep list in a short amount of time. I mean, I think I was, at the time I was making. $8 an hour, mm-hmm. I had quit like some corporate job mm-hmm. to wait tables and then was trying to pick my time to be able to get into a kitchen and I managed to do it. But I had quit a job where I was making like, and this is, you know, I quit in 98. So yeah, I think I was making forty grand, which at that time probably
1: was a lot of money. Crushing it, bro. Yeah. Crushing it, babe. Yeah. yeah, totally. I was driving a red Chevy S10 again, working at Papa John's, and lovely. I went on several dates, and I, I shit you not, man, I would, I would play this song, and well I would. <laughs> I'm a gentleman, I always open the door Of course you are, you open it for me uh, all the time, baby But uh, yeah, exactly, and I I would be like Step inside my Honda Oh (laughs) girl. And then play this song, but yeah Uh, yeah dude Just uh Amazing track, man, it really is And and like I said, really just kinda Packages the whole album together So, hell yeah, go back, dude Love it so much Um, I really don't
0: have anything bad to say About this album Thank you, I'm glad. (laughs) Yeah, and thank you for having me. Yeah, there's nothing I can really say negative about this album. It's great. It provided a soundtrack for a certain time in my life. Whenever I hear it, I think I'm transported to that time. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, I never got to hear him live. I never got to see him on this tour. But... It's my understanding that you got to see him on this tour. I did. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Maybe even,
1: I don't, do you recall the playlist or the set list rather? You know, I don't recall a lot of the set list, but um, yeah, dude, I went to, uh, I saw, I was, I went to the Midnight Vultures tour. Uh, Was it in Dallas? It was. It was in Dallas at the Bronco Bowl in January of 2000 wow 2000 right this was 99 that it was it was released in november end of november 99 yeah so 2000 so it had just been released and uh hank the third hank williams third opened up for him uh and that was just incredible hell of a show hardcore just everybody's going nuts hyped up the crowd got everybody ready and man, then that comes out, and with just the horns and everything, they got everybody. They pulled out all the strings, man. It was it was a party <laughs> to the finest. Nice. I, it was just unbelievable, man. And uh, um, they played. I, I know that they played like most of the album. They played some old bangers, you know, from from previous uh, previous albums. But uh, they they were very heavy on on playing the album, uh, and I vividly remember whenever they played deborah that he he so he was he did a couple of like costume changes and stuff but of course he had this huge white uh boa on around (laughs) his neck for deborah and he was like serenading the crowd kind of i literally have goosebumps right now just talking about it but uh um and it's just kind of like spotlight on Beck, and like the you know the the band's kind of in the pocket, just kind of playing in the background, and and then it was like you know whenever you have those like horn hits where it's like can you bop and like he would just nail those like uh you know just like uh uh, uh James I, uh, Brown, it was just like James Brown, just I mean, like James Brown. Um, nobody's James Brown again, or nobody's, Prince. nobody's Prince, nobody's James Brown. But, uh, but damn, if he weren't close, I would. <laughs> be lying but did you and, throw your uh, panties out dude he would throw yeah, your boxers I, I actually wasn't wearing any because i knew oh. that would be a problem so um For yeah. sure. <laughs> so but man he just going into the splits and just giving it all that beck does and if you're not familiar with beck's amazing dance moves i highly recommend you uh you um look up on uh, youtube uh some of beck's live performances because they're incredible but he had this huge white boa on around his neck that he was wearing And he was twirling it around and stuff during the song, and just the crowd was going nuts. And he, I believe what he was trying to do was throw the boa, but still have it land on stage. And for whatever reason, this boa meant a lot to him, because he accidentally throws it out in the crowd. The show goes on, but after the show, the next day, on, again, 94.5 The Edge, Beck like put out like a call to the djs to please say hey i really really did not mean to throw that out and i really want that boa back if and if if you will please return it in return i'll fly you out to it was like i'll fly you out you'll have vip tickets to this show we'll do a meet and greet dinner time i mean like i mean he was hardcore. Was it he Z wanted News it back so boa? bad what's that was it Zenus boa I don't know, man. I have no idea. But for whatever reason, he had this like, like he wanted that wow, damn thing that's back. Crazy. And then, like a like within like a few days later, they reported that the boa was returned back to Beck. And apparently, there's some lucky ass fans that, uh, some really cool fans, by the way, too, right? That that are willing to uh, return something that means so much to such a rock star. But uh, um, but then to go and be flown out personally, by Beck and and have a VIP experience with him, and you know, and and have a meet and greet and all that stuff and I'm sure he was so appreciative of that and just what a cool what a cool dude man I mean like what a cool guy he's the full package you know he really is and uh and um I don't know maybe you're gonna touch on this but you know this album uh I'll let you go because I feel like you might touch on this and I don't want to I don't want to put the cart before the horse so so I'll go on. boom, uh, I mean, the album that we just now reviewed, and as crazy as it is, as a circus as it is, all right. that stuff, right? And how crazy! I mean, you would never ever think in your entire life that this album was nominated. Oh, mm. for best album of the year, a Grammy. It's just, I mean, that's it's. I I think there's just something to be said about that, and, and I and I I'm. Congratulator I, I, I definitely tip my hat to whoever was on the Grammy committee that year for for being able to see what you and I see in the album and uh and just all the creativity, the Dust Brothers, you know, Beck and everything that we've gone through. I mean, it's just it's incredible and it's uh I, I can also see it being kind of um perhaps hard to see that if you're not into this genre of music what the hell ever genre this is i don't think that you can really wrap it into one genre um but again there is the uh the magician that is beck so well i think that that's what's beautiful about beck is that
0: he is a chameleon or a chameleon for some of you out there um (laughs) but he has many faces and the beauty of it is that he appeals to such a broad spectrum of people. You, if you take Mellow Gold or Odelay, those albums appeal to the 90s Alterna Boy, mm-hmm. which, you know, I, I have to admit I was in that club. But you have these, these albums. You have albums that have such soul, um, like just funky and just fun and just hip-hoppy, but like... You know, there's there's some funk and soul and a really serious groove going on yeah. with it, and that appeals to everybody and, and some you know a certain segment of people. But then you have like, you know, an Elliott Smith like acoustic kind of Nick Drakey kind of folky kind of thing that he has with Mutations and Sea Change, and I you know he just appeals to everyone, and I think it's because he has really good taste and influences. Um And he also, put, he, I mean, that's an extremely hard thing to do, right? It I mean, absolutely yeah. is. Um, I think that a lot of people can <clears throat> listen to his lyrics in this album and just be like, Pff. I mean, he's just kind of rhyming, but in the end, like he do, actually does put a lot of thought into, into things and to his lyrics and to his, um, his, his, his arrangements and stuff like that. So I, I feel like Beck is just one of those gifts and popular music that but don't really, don't, yeah, yeah you right, don't see yeah, it anymore. Yeah. He's it, had a really, he's had a lot of longevity, and, and I feel like that's one of the reasons for it. Mm-hmm. Primary
1: example of why he has endured for such a long time. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's well put. And then, I mean, that's again, it, you just don't, he's a unicorn, man. I mean, you just don't see this very often where somebody, I don't mean this as like any sort of like, a, I, I want to give him all the credit in the world, but. It, he does seem to do it, or at least put it off, or put a facade on, like it looks like he does it effortlessly, and, it, and what I mean by that is that he's not trying to appeal to all these different crowds, right. it's just him, and it's just what he puts out, and that's, to me, that's like the most incredible thing about, about Beck as a musician, and, and what he does, and um, again, give it up to to the Dust Brothers on this one for the production and uh, and producing it and uh, and you know all the engineering efforts and all that. It, it's huge. This was a big one to tackle, a big one to tackle, and him going out on a limb and putting his heart and soul out there, not knowing how the hell it was going to be received. Yeah, only to be nominated for best album of the year. Uh, I think
0: it. I think it takes a lot of guts for him, especially to go in with um, a certain production team, i.e., the you know. The Dust Brothers, because, you know, he, like I said before, he's really, he's, he was really malleable, and they have a certain kind of style, a distinctive, like, palette of, you know, of, of sounds, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's so broad that he's one of those kind of artists that can, can take advantage of that, and it usually yields good results. So, right, yeah. I have a, I gotta give a lot of love for Beck, um,
1: Hell yeah, man. And, I mean, in closing, got anything else to add, my brother? I don't, man. Just, uh, again, thanks so much for having me, man. Uh, you're a brother. You're a friend. And uh, I really appreciate you having me, bro. It's been so much fun. And, uh, yeah, thanks to everybody for listening to uh, me schlop about Beck. But, uh, yeah, man, what a great album. And, uh, again, thank you so much. It's been fun. It was a pleasure, and i I' just
0: again I can't thank you enough for coming on. I know that this is kind of the beginning stages of this podcast, and you know it remains to be seen whether or not people actually want to listen to it. But I, you know, we're a couple of older dudes with a little bit of knowledge and opinions for sure, which everyone's got one, and we want to commit it to uh, a recording, put it on record, and. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, and essentially, like, just etch that shit in stone. So this is the Spinning Audio Podcast. I'm Clint. I'm your host and my friend Greg, Greg Stovall. He has joined us for this episode. And I'm your Hi-Fi Tour Guide. And I will see you next time.